Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for sexual assault. If you don't want to hear stories like that, well now you know. All that being said, let's go ahead and get started. This is a long one, so get ready. And remember, to always stay hungry. I used to drive semi-trucks for a living cross-country. My story takes place about four years ago. I had just turned 30, and I was really excited to go on this new adventure. I had just gotten hired at a company in Ohio, and I was the only female and the youngest driver. I would like to use fake names for discretion. Going into this job, I knew the type of attention I would get as a female driver so I would almost never wear any makeup or wear clothes that could outline my figure. I'm about 5'6 and fit, so I was constantly wearing baggy sweaters and sweats. I just couldn't take a chance. I was only there to work, nothing more. Upon arriving to the facility, I had met the driver manager, let's call him Winston. Winston hired me almost immediately. He was very flattered as well as surprised that I would take this job so far away from my home in California, but I wanted to work and make money, and frankly, at the time I was going through a breakup, as well as things with my parents that weren't alright, so I figured the farther away I was from home the better. I'm very quiet and shy, and I always stay away from people, especially being out there all alone. Once the interview was finished, Winston had told me then he would rather pair me up for a month with another driver. I was a little relieved because I really wasn't ready to go out there by myself. At the same time though, I was a little concerned because I didn't know who I was going to be paired up with. I don't take too kindly to strangers. I was going through a lot at the time and it really forced me to withdraw from people. I wasn't interested in making friends. I just wanted to work. So his name is Dallas. Winston said, He's gonna be the one training you. He's one of my most trusted drivers, and he's very good at his job. And honestly, I don't trust anyone else to train my new employees. Now you'll be okay, young lady. I promise you won't get any funny business with him. He then flashed his yellow grin. I then shook his hand as he held it out. For some reason, I'd felt an unsettling chill run down my spine. It made me wince back. As Winston then squeezed my hand. I don't think I liked this very much, but it was too late to turn back. Ah, this is Dallas. Winston pointed behind me. As I turned back, I saw this tall man who looked to be about seven feet tall and very skinny. My eyes then met his beady black eyes. He didn't look very friendly at all. Dally, meet your new trainee. This is Alicia, hollered Winston. Dallas never broke eye contact with me. He stuck his hand out, and as I then shook it, he pressed my hand firmly, and the same chill was back. Nice to meet you, sir, I said, but Dallas never said a word. He then let go of my hand, walked past me, and headed towards the men's room. I looked at Winston and arched an eyebrow. Ah, uh, don't worry. He'll warm up to you, he said, sucking in a cigarette. Yeah, so he's a retired sniper. He's a little grumpy, but he's harmless. 
Um, a what? I asked in shock. Winston explained that Dallas was a retired sniper. I don't really remember if it was the Navy or the Army. I just remember that he was a vet. Handing me a $20 bill, he continued. He has PTSD. Yeah, the poor guy's really been through a lot. Winston said, reaching into his pocket. This is for your dinner. The company pays for it. Go back to your hotel room and rest, because you'll start tomorrow bright and early. I need you to be down in the lobby with all your stuff, promptly at six. Said Winston, pointing at the hotel shuttle. Alright, you best be going. They'll leave you. He said, walking back into his office. The way back into the hotel room, I was a little afraid. I'm very grateful for a service, but I just couldn't help feeling a little uneasy. The look Dallas gave me, the way he pressed my hand, it almost felt like he caressed it. Maybe I was just overreacting and I was letting my own demons take control of me. This will be good. I tried to convince myself, but somehow there was still something dark about Dallas and it seemed a little sketchy that Winston just handed my money for my dinner. Usually I give vouchers or coupons. Everything about it just gave me the creeps, but I tried to keep positive. That evening I was getting ready for bed. I had finished putting away all of my stuff and I headed towards the bed. The hotel was clean and fancy. See Alicia, nothing to worry about. I muttered under my breath. Yeah, everything's gonna be fine. I said aloud. Suddenly I was startled by a knock at the door. I glanced down at my phone to check the time. It's past 9pm at this point. Who could that even be? I walked quietly towards the door and stepped inches away. I peeked through the peephole and it was Dallas. What the hell? How and why is he even here? Alice! He called, mispronouncing my name. Come on, open up! I know you're there, he said. <sighs> I exhaled. I then noticed that I hadn't hooked the chain. I quietly hooked the chain to the door. As I cracked open the door, I had peeked my head. What's up? I said. Come on, let's go, he demanded. Um, where? I replied sharply. Dinner in Walmart. It's across the street, he said. Um, it's late. We should probably go to sleep. No, no, no. Get dressed. There's a diner across the street and it's pretty good, he said. Um, no thank you. I already had my dinner and I was just about to go to sleep. Look, calm down, kid. I'm not gonna hurt you. We're gonna spend a lot of time with each other this next month. It won't hurt to get to know me. You're gonna need winter clothes and boots. It's gonna be snowing out. And the boss said you only brought Cali clothes, and you're gonna get cold. Come on, he insisted. I looked down, and I let out a heavy gasp. Look, Dallas, I, I don't want to be rude, but I don't want... He cut me off. I'm your trainer, and you need to listen to me. I need you 100% out there, and if you're cold, you'll be unable to work safely. I'll be in the truck. Don't make me come up here again. Oh, and this chain here? He said, pointing at it. Yeah, it ain't gonna stop me. He walked down the hallway, and I shut the door. What the fuck just happened? I said to myself. 
I tried calling the driver manager, but he didn't pick up. I sat on the edge of the bed going through what just happened. Is this guy for real? Who does that? My phone vibrated, and I looked down to see a text from Winston. What's up? It read. I then proceeded to text him the whole incident that just happened. He then replied back with, Just go get dinner and buy the things you need, because you won't have a chance once you're on the road. I honestly don't know why I decided to go. I put my shoes on, and I grabbed my thin sweater. My phone vibrated once more, and it was Winston again. Don't be so skittish. I promise you Dallas is a solid guy. He's just very protective and he's always on alert. You gotta remember, he fought the war. I stared at the text and I thought it over. Maybe he really is a good person and I'm just being paranoid. As I was walking out the door, my phone vibrated. It was a text from a strange number. Hurry up, it said. It was him. Dallas. How the hell did he get my number? I rolled my eyes. Winston. I said out loud. Yeah, I'm really starting not to like that guy. I ran down the stairs through the lobby and out their door into his old Ford truck. Damn, girl, what took you so long? He fussed as he lit up his cigarette. Now, I'm a damn chimney, meaning I smoke a lot. We gonna have a problem with that? He asked. I shook my head. Good. He said, taking a big puff. I could hear the cigarette burning. You smoke, kid? He asked. No, sir. Good. He repeated, breathing on the smoke, and covered the entire truck. It was only a two-seater, so it got cloudy very fast. I gotta be honest. I lied. I hate cigarettes. I asked if I could please roll down the window. He gave a side eye as he lowered the window. You're a bad liar, he said. I put my head out the window so I could catch my breath. So, you hungry? No, sir. I already ate, I told him. Well, then we're going to Walmart, he said, pulling into a parking lot. As we were shopping, he kept telling me what I should buy and what I shouldn't buy. I don't even know this guy. Why is he trying to dictate my own shopping list? I had chosen some boots for the snow. They were fuzzy and warm, and I really liked them. I put them in my cart. Dallas walked over to the cart, and he took them out to put them back on the shelf. Uh, I like those, I said. We're going into a snowstorm, not a fashion show. He snapped. He then walked over to a pair of gray plastic boots that went knee-high. These are your boots. And he put them in the cart. I didn't even say anything. I knew he was right, but he was just being so pushy. Like he knew me or something. We went about 30 minutes shopping for food and water. He then drove me back to my hotel room. Right when I was about to close the door to his truck, he then said, Alright kid, be ready by 6 in the morning. I'll be coming to get you. I took a step back, and I then said, Oh, the shuttle's taking me. Dallas puffed his cigarette. There's no shuttle at that time. The driver don't start till 9, but we'll be long gone at 6. I felt so overpowered, and I don't know why I just couldn't speak up. Oh, and close my damn door. Damn, girl, what's wrong with you? 
He shouted. I closed the door, and he sped off. I just watched him as he drove off, and I just kept thinking that it was never going to work. As he stated, the very next day he was there at 6am sharp waiting for me. Morning, he said, and I greeted him back, still uneasy about the whole thing. I was planning to talk to Winston, and perhaps there was another driver who could train me. After all, the trip to the Walmart last night was very weird and creepy. When we arrived at the facility, the mechanic greeted Dallas. I walked past them, and I heard the mechanic start laughing. I turned back, and they were both looking at me and smiling. I sneered at them, and I walked inside the office. I saw Winston in the distance. Hey, Alicia. Good morning. He greeted me. Hi, listen. I need to speak with you, please. He walked me to his office. As we sat down, I explained how uncomfortable Dallas made me feel, as well as the experience I had with him at Walmart. I asked if he could please pair me up with someone else. He then proceeded to explain that there was no one else. All of the drivers were on the road, and Dallas was the only one who could train me. You know that you work with all men here. There's no room for you to be all emotional. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but it's just a month that you'll be out there with him. Just suck it the hell up and learn as much as you can. That, or go home. I mean, if that's how you feel. I really needed the job, though, and I didn't have anywhere else to go. I'd left my boyfriend shortly before I came here, and my parents wanted nothing to do with me. I had nothing, and no one. I needed it to work so I could get some money and find my own place. I decided to stay and just ride it out with Dallas. As I was walking out of the shop, I noticed that Dallas had taken my suitcase as well as my belongings into his trunk. I walked over, and he then said, Alright, ready? I took a deep breath, and I climbed into the trunk. What the fuck am I even doing? As all began playing over and over in my head. I had the worst feeling in the pit of my stomach, but I just chalked it up to me overreacting. We finally hit the road, and it seemed okay at first. I sat in the front seat with my book as he just kept smoking cigarette after cigarette. I was feeling nauseous at that point. He liked to smoke with the windows up. I asked if I can lower the window. He snapped. Look, I don't want to hear you bitching the whole way about the smoke. That's why I asked you if you had a problem with me smoking. I then turned to him, and I yelled back. Hey, I don't have a problem with you smoking, but I have a problem with not being able to breathe. Please take the lock off the window so I can breathe. He then spitefully cracked the window open just a bit. I glared at him. Seriously? I asked. He then rolled down the window about halfway. Alright, thank you. I said. You know, you and I will get along a lot better if you drop the attitude. He said, puffing a cigarette. I ignored him, and I just continued reading my book. I didn't feel comfortable falling asleep. I was so tired. So, what am I supposed to be learning exactly? I asked him, in an attempt to keep myself awake. Just sit there and read your book, he said. I then just stared at him in confusion. This is getting childish. I'm so over this. Look, I don't want to be fighting with you the whole way. He looked over at me, 
as he then lit his 27,000th cigarette of the day. I'm just driving right now. I'll let you know when there's something that needs to be learned. I rolled my eyes, and I kicked my seat back. I hadn't noticed how tired I was, because I dozed off. I woke up to a jolt, and I woke up in a pitch-black parking lot, and no Dallas. I heard the jolt again. I looked out the window, and I noticed we were backed up into a dock, getting live-loaded, or someone was loading pallets onto the trailer. I sat back on my seat. Hey, you're finally awake. I heard a voice behind me. I shot up quickly, and I held my chest. Had he been in the bunker the whole time? Sorry, I didn't want to wake you, he said in the dark. All I could see was a cigarette burning in the distance. I noticed a baby on the lock screen of your phone. Is it yours? He asked, still unable to see him. I squinted in the dark, smoky mass. No, he's my nephew, I replied. Oh yeah? I love kids. He moved up to the front seat. Do you mind? He asked, reaching for my phone. I picked it up and I showed him the picture on my lock screen. Can you please unlock it so I can see? I hesitated for a bit, but I gave it. I unlocked the phone and I took him to the album where I had all the pictures of my nephew. Wow, just look at that smile. I have four of my own. Since I'm on the road, I like to see pictures. I tell my ex-wife to constantly send me pictures of them. Do you have any of your own? I shook my head, and he looked over at me. You don't really talk much, do you? And I just shrugged at him. Well, tell me something about yourself. Are you divorced? In a relationship? He pried. Look, Dallas, I don't really want to get into all that. I hardly know you. I said. Well, then tell me about your nephew. What's he like? Tell me your favorite moment with him. He said, puffing a cigarette. I remained quiet, as I then started to remember the last time I saw him. I mentioned that I had some family problems. It was hard to recall without tearing up. I hadn't seen my nephew in what seemed like years. I just closed my eyes and sighed heavily. I took him to his favorite park and he wanted to go on the slide for the first time, but he was scared, and he asked me to get on it with him. I put him in my lap, and we both slid down the slide. He then laughed and giggled. I've never seen him so happy, I said, as I then opened my eyes, which were filled with tears. I smiled softly, looking straight ahead in the darkness of the parking lot. I held on to that memory for a bit, until I then heard Dallas say, Oh, that's you right there, isn't it? I looked over as he then turned my phone sideways. I looked over just to see what he was looking at. My heart then dropped. I felt my face burn up and a cold chill went down my spine. What the fuck are you doing? I shouted. I snatched my phone from him. It was a very private picture that my ex consensually took of me while we were still together, which was also placed in a separate album. What? You gave me permission to look at your pictures. He said. No, I gave you permission to look at the picture of my nephew, which was on my lock screen. Nothing else. What the fuck were you doing invading my privacy like that? I shouted. I was so angry. He never once apologized. He said that I was crazy, and he went out of the truck to check if they were done loading up the trailer. I was so upset, 
I couldn't stay in this truck anymore. I was really embarrassed. I felt violated. He saw my body. I don't want to be here. What can I do? We hit the road again. It was quiet and awkward. I didn't say one word to him anymore. I was really sleepy and I wanted to go lay down, but he had all of his stuff on the bottom bunk and he didn't have a top one, so I had to sit in the passenger seat. We stopped at a truck stop to fuel. He asked me to fuel, and I did. He came up behind me, and he put his hand on my shoulders. Do you want some coffee? He asked. I dropped my shoulders, so his hand slid off. No thank you, I said. I then walked inside the store to buy myself some food. He then caught up to me, and he then said, If we're ever walking and I sense danger, I'm going to put my arm around you like this. Snaking his arm around my waist. You know, just so they know you're not alone, he said, and I pushed his hand away. Well, there's not any danger right now, so please don't touch me, I said, now walking faster. I stood in front of the drink selection trying to decide what I wanted. Come on, kid. Are you going to stay mad at me the whole trip? He asked, standing uncomfortably close to me. I took a step back. You had no right to go through my stuff, Dallas. He moved closer, and he tried putting his hand on my back. But I then moved so he wouldn't. You're the one who let me go through your phone. Remember that. I did it! I then caught myself before yelling. I sighed. (sighs) I didn't give you permission to look through anything. I said calmly. He then tried rubbing my back. Don't be mad, kid. Let's start over, okay? He said, continuing to rub my back. I glared at him. Don't touch me! You know, you're gonna have to drop this attitude. It's really starting to get old. After that, the next few hours he kept trying to sweet-talk me. And instead of calling me kid, he changed it to sweetheart. Sweetheart, are you cold? Sweetheart, are you thirsty? Sweetheart this and sweetheart that. I glanced at my phone, and it was now 3 a.m. No wonder I'm so tired. I dozed off on the passenger seat yet again. I woke up to Dallas rubbing my thigh. Hey, sweetheart, wake up, he said, continuing to rub on my thigh. I smacked his hand off. The sun is rising. Look how beautiful it looks. What a fucking creep. I tried so hard to stay awake, and I couldn't keep my eyes open for any longer. I woke up again to Dallas's hand rubbing my leg again, but he wasn't saying anything this time. I looked down, and he had actually tried to stick his hand in between my legs. Hey, what are you doing? I yelled. Stop touching me! I tried calling your name, sweetheart. You didn't wake up. He said. Yeah, well, you don't try to stick your hand between my legs. Okay, but you were asleep, and you imagined that. I didn't even do that. I just tapped your leg lightly. He said, as he was trying to make me sound crazy. What are you talking about? I yelled. Yeah, you did. He lit another cigarette. I think you were dreaming. Yeah, he's trying to make me sound crazy now. He's trying to make me believe that I'm imagining all these crazy things. I have to call Winston. I want out of this truck. Where are you? I asked. I'm in Indiana. 
I walked out of the truck to take a walk. I needed to pee so bad. We were in the middle of nowhere next to a company that we just dropped off the trailer. We were waiting for another trailer that wasn't going to be ready until 4am the next day. I'm not spending the night in that truck with him. I called Winston, but he didn't answer. Typical, like always. I walked far into the woods just to pee really quick. I was looking around, seeing if Dallas might come out of nowhere. I then walked back to the truck. My phone must have rang, but I didn't feel it. I guess because Dallas had called Winston looking for me. He wants you to call him back. Why? He asked. I need to talk to him. I said. You didn't tell him about the pictures, did you? Because that's just between us. What the fuck are you talking about, Dallas? There's nothing going on between us. And the fact that you're gaslighting me is fucking psycho. You're a psycho! I yelled. I probably took it too far, but I was really upset, and I was tired of him stepping all over me. Dallas shot to his feet and started going off. Oh my god, shut the fuck up, you whiny bitch! You haven't even met Psycho yet! He yelled as he grabbed my arm. He started pulling me towards the bed. It's time for you to take a nap. You're so grumpy. Come here, go to bed. He continued to tug on my arm. Dallas, let go of me! I kept yelling for him to let go. He was able to throw me on the bunk, and then he lunged at me, trying to hold me down. He put his entire weight on me. I turned to the left, and he fell down off of me. I then shot up, and I tried to run out of the trunk. I ran far deep into the woods. I took out my phone, and I called Winston. He finally answered this time. Yelling and crying, I then told him everything that happened. I pleaded for help, and I said if he didn't send someone else, I was going to call the police, and that they could find me a way home. Finally, after some time of Winston trying to calm me down, he was able to get a hold of an older lady, let's call her Gladys, and she was actually hired after me on her way to California. He said that it would be a few hours until she was able to get to me, and that there was nowhere for me to go. And there really wasn't. I grabbed all of my stuff, which was just a suitcase, and my backpack, and I waited outside the truck. The temperature dropped, and it was freezing, but I didn't care. I would rather freeze my ass off than get back into that truck with Dallas. Gladys finally showed up to rescue me. Winston had told her everything. She wanted to help me, because she was a fighter close to my age and she would want someone to help her out too if she was ever in any kind of danger. I sat in the passenger seat. She turned up the heat, and she asked how I was doing. All I could say was that I was just so extremely exhausted. I'm so tired and weak. I haven't slept well in two days. I was afraid he was going to rape me. Do you mind if I sleep in here for a little bit? She immoderately cleared out her bunk so I could lay down my sleeping bag and lay down. I've never been so relieved in my life. I'm so thankful for Gladys. After this, I hung up my keys for good. I just wanted this nightmare to be over. I should have really pressed charges, but I just wanted everything to be done and over with. I just wanted to go home. I now work in an office. I drove trucks for three years, and that was the scariest experience of my whole entire life. There were so many things that could have happened. And even though this isn't as scary of a story as many others, 
It was scary for me. It was real for me. My family and I patched things up. Me and my ex are still out of each other's lives. And as for Dallas, I really hope you get the help you need. And I really hope that I never, ever cross paths with you again.